Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Wednesday morning. And we have a guest on the podcast today, actually. This is my pastor. This is Pastor Mike Hari. And he's actually been a guest on the podcast before, but that was a long, long time ago, back before uh, I had any of my sound equipment. I remember he and I sat in the office and I held up my cell phone and, <laughs> and we uh, spoke into the cell phone. Do you remember that, Pastor Mike? Oh, yes, 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 I do. So thanks for having me back on. It's uh, it's an honor and a privilege for sure. Yeah, and he's uh, over Zoom right now, so we might have some connection issues just to throw that out there. But I think for the most part, it sounds pretty good, and I think we can go ahead with the episode. But uh, Pastor Mike, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Say uh, a fun fact about yourself or something. <laughs> Well, a fun fact is 40 years of marriage that I just celebrated uh, June 20th. When I think back on uh, my life and uh, some of my greatest accomplishments, I think it's uh, surviving 40 years and I mean, oh. thriving. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been good, uh, but uh, 40 years, I, I've been here at the church and unheard of 27 years, so a long tenure here. And I uh, I enjoy auto racing, so um, yeah. Yes, he's Good. the faster pastor. There you go. Yes. Yeah, faster pastor, and he's on a race team. So that's another fun fact about him. Yeah, absolutely. And how, I'm old. I still enjoy driving. How did your last race go, actually? Well, I was in first place until the guy decided to punt me out of the way. So, <laughs> and then I ended up last. Yeah, he kind of. He kind of crashed me. He came into my side door and pushed me high and then uh, forced his way past me. So, you know, trading paint, they say, is racing. It was uh, it wasn't exactly uh, a gentleman's gesture, but he did come over, shake my hand and apologize. So that was a good thing. It's all good. Oh, that's good. Just another experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have to. You know, that that's what sucks about being a Christian. Sometimes uh, you have to you have to offer forgiveness, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can't hold a grudge against a race car driver. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. But thanks for asking. And uh, it's a privilege to be a part of your, of your podcast ministry. Yeah. Good to have you on again. Um, so we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 11 verses one through 10 today. And this is actually the entire chapter. And I will be reading this out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh said to Moses, I will bring yet one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go. When he lets you go, he will surely thrust you out altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man ask of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver, jewels of gold. 
Yahweh gave the people favor in sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Moses said, This is what Yahweh says, About midnight I will go out to the middle of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the livestock. There will be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there not has been, nor will be any more. But against any of the children of Israel, a dog won't even bark or move its tongue against man or animal, that you may know that Yahweh makes distinction between the Egyptians and Israel. All these servants of yours will come down to me and bow down themselves to me, saying, Get out with all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. He went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Yahweh said to Moses, Pharaoh won't listen to you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, but Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he didn't let the children of Israel go out of the land. So, uh, Pastor Mike, what actually stood out to you the most about this particular portion of Scripture? Yeah, I I think uh, in these 10 verses, what I really see is uh, God doing what he says he's going to do. And uh, really highlights and shines uh, forth God's sovereignty, his decree. This is also reminding us to take God seriously and that you can only uh, you can only uh, reject him or rebel against him for so long before you're going to lose consequences. But we can get into that in a little bit. But yeah, I, I think uh, in the first uh, couple verses, God makes it very clear. Uh, he, he's in charge. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. One thing we talked about with uh, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart when I had my uh, podcast episode with my sister, my sister mentioned that uh, the hardening of the heart was almost like God being like, let's just get this over with. <laughs> You're not going to listen to me. You're not going to do any of this stuff. Let's just do it, you know? And so I, I, I find that pretty interesting. So, yeah, Mike, what is yeah, that? One th- well, let, let me let me just interject one thing here, if I could. It was interesting. It was pointed out to me that uh, this is this is the one uh, miracle, if you please, one plague that uh, there's no rotter staff for Moses. And that's significant. You know, in the other plagues, uh, Moses used a staff. He was God's instrument. Uh, not this time. This is this is all God's doing. Oh, wow. I know. I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought so, too. So, so what does verse three mean to you, do you think? Well, I'm encouraged by verse three. It says uh, in the NIV version, the Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people. And that word favorably disposed reminds us of the word grace in the, in the New Testament. In fact, it's used uh, one time in Psalm 106 of mercy. So this is God uh, favorably disposing the Egyptians toward Israel. It was God's supply, God's generosity toward Israel. Um, that's what I meant to say toward the Israelites because Let's keep in uh, keep in mind here. The Egyptians had enslaved them. So yeah. This was God's grace after Israel's suffering, and uh, I think this is God looking out for its people. So another way that God honors His word to take care of His people. Right, right. And uh, I think it's kind of interesting that the neighbors wanted to give all their jewelry and stuff to the <laughs> to the Israelites. So I th- yeah. I think that's kind of funny. 
Maybe at this point. Yeah, there, I, I think there is some irony there, isn't yeah. it? You know, uh, yeah, you know, turnabout fair play, you know, we have these little statements, um, but it, it, it really is, I guess, uh, God using the evil of Pharaoh and the Egyptians to accomplish and do good. Again, just another highlight of God's sovereignty, turning the, the king's heart um, like he can channel the water. Uh, yeah, God's faithful to his people. He supplies. Right, right. I agree with that. So speaking of the Egyptians being favorable towards the Israelites, do you think that there were some Egyptians that actually turned to God at all during this time and maybe uh, also put the blood on their doorposts, as we will talk about later on? But what do you think about that, Pastor Mike? Do you think there were some Egyptians that turned to God during all this? Well, though the passage doesn't say that any of the Egyptians came to know the Lord, God did say very clearly, um, I'm trying to recall from my memory, it may have been chapter 7 of the book of Exodus, but clearly from Isaiah chapter 19, what encourages us is uh, verses like this, so the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and in that day, they will acknowledge the Lord. So we know that God's got a heart for the world. That's just not New Testament preaching. That's Old Testament as well. God wanted his light to shine to the Gentiles, and the Egyptians are Gentiles. So even back in chapter 7, the whole purpose of this is so that the Egyptians and everybody will know that God is God, and he is the Lord of Lords. So I, I believe that there probably was, though, some Egyptians that came to know the Lord. That certainly is God's desire, just as God has his 2 Peter 3, 9 desire that nobody perish. So I'm going to assume yes, based on some of the other scriptures that God wants uh, everybody to know him, though the passage does not explicitly say that. Right. And there is something, I think, in uh, when it talks about the exodus in Exodus chapter 12, it says that the Israelites, there was a mixed multitude that went with them. Yes. So to okay, me, there you go. So to me, that, that makes me think possibly a lot of the people that did live in Egypt did turn to God and went with the Israelite people. But of course, we haven't gotten to that chapter yet. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But um, let's see, what, what else did I want to ask you? Okay, so I also wanted to ask... Uh, so why would God send a plague of this multitude? Like this is, this is, or I'm sorry, this magnitude, this is a really intense plague, you know? And, and also one that I wasn't going to ask you, but I think I'm going to throw in there. Why were the animals also affected? Why do you think the uh, animals, the firstborn of the animals were also affected with this plague? Well, that's a great question, uh, Jen. And a lot of people think of God as very harsh, but before we start, feeling too sympathetic for the Egyptians, we need to be reminded that this was 400 years of bondage. This was slavery, and uh, this was idolatry. And in our day and age, people don't understand that this is a great insult to God to worship uh, other gods. And there were many gods that uh, were worshipped by the Egyptians, Um this is uh, demonstrating their their rebellion. It's demonstrating their unbelief. It's demonstrating they're just they have an attitude of poking God in the chest. They didn't they didn't want God. And even the animals 
uh, often uh, represented uh, false gods, false idols uh, in the Egyptian um, uh, system of belief. And so um, I think we need to ask ourselves and go back. And this is I this is a this is a worldview observation or question that we here in America just don't consider because right everybody goes to heaven uh, here here in America if you um, but I think we should be I think we should ask ourselves and be stand in amazement at God's grace that He saves anybody and so this was a plague of magnitude on life. And because God created animal world and God created, uh, you know, uh, mankind, uh, this is this is God's judgment on uh, the firstborn. And it's the firstborn only, thank God, but everybody deserved to die. And so God spared everybody but the firstborn. You know, when it comes right down to it, Jen, you got to look at things biblically, right? I mean, what is right. the source of authority? What is the perspective on which we view humanity and life and the world. And and uh, way back in Genesis 15, God had promised that there would be 400 years of slavery or bondage for his people. And so you could flip this around and also highlight the, the patience and the perseverance of God that he allowed his own people, Israel, 400 years of bondage because he loved the Egyptians so much. Mm. There's a different way of looking at this um, that I think highlights the patience of God as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, through Scripture, there is a lot of responsibility placed on the firstborn male. Yes. The, yes. the, uh, the birthright holder. We've talked about that right. with, with Jacob and Esau in the past. And God places a lot of responsibility on the firstborn. So if the firstborn is not doing what the firstborn is supposed to do, which is to lead their households, God was bringing judgment upon that as well. Yes, yes, in absolutely. And in uh, in Jewish society, in the days of Jesus, firstborns were uh, taken to the temple. Eight days they were circumcised, and and then uh, within that month they were redeemed. They had to pay a, uh, a price because they were supposed to become priests of the family. And so in order to redeem them, each Jewish family had to pay, you know, a monetary price for that. So this is the firstborn of uh, Egypt that has to pay the price for not being redeemed. Right. And, um, and I think and choosing not to be redeemed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And choosing not to be redeemed. And I think there's also, again, highlighting the evil of Pharaoh's heart, as well as all the idolaters and the rebelliousness in each Egyptian heart. We have to remember that uh, earlier in the story, right, Pharaoh uh, commanded the, the midwives to uh, to slaughter all the male babies. And, right. and of course, this takes us and reminds us of uh, the New Testament as well, when Jesus escaped Herod's decree to slaughter all the male children two years and under and jesus goes into egypt and then stays there during the time until herod dies so it's all about redemption it's all about sin it's all about evil of the heart and this is a very just plague that god after much patience brings down upon the head of uh of every egyptian family including with the animals right because they are part of the created life right so I think we have time for one more question because I am uh, we're running out of time here. So 
basically, I want to ask, why would Pharaoh not listen to Moses about this plague when he saw all the, these other nine plagues and knew that God could do this? Why would he not listen? Like, this guy had to have been insane, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is a statement that we make uh, regarding sin, and and sin is insanity. So, so I, I would turn the question back on you, and uh, and if your uh, God honoring husband Garrett was here with us uh, making this podcast, I would ask him this question: Has your lovely wife uh, Jen ever been stubborn? <laughs> He'd say no. When it makes He'd no say no. <laughs> when it makes no <laughs> when it makes no sense to be stubborn, right? And and of course, even as a pastor, I ask this question of of me. Uh, sometimes we know the right thing to do, and and our hearts are just at times so committed to choosing our way that we just insanely choose to do the wrong thing. And, and so, and we're, we're redeemed. We have our sins forgiven. We know Jesus, and this is true even of us. And so I guess as a practical application to bring this chapter to a close, I think we have to ask ourselves as listeners to this podcast, you know, why are we so stubborn? When God is so good and so gracious and has redeemed us through the blood of Christ, why am I when God has been so good and so gracious to me? Right. That's a great way to close out uh, this podcast episode and and really bring it to light and bring it home. So, Mike, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. That was great to have you back on the podcast, and I'm sure it won't be the uh, last time we see uh, or hear you on this podcast either. So uh, uh, stay tuned for upcoming episodes with Pastor Mike. (laughs) Thank you for your ministry, Jen. Uh, God bless you for sure. Well, faithful listeners, you have tuned into Exodus chapter 11 with uh, Pastor Mike, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and that uh, you learned something from it. And as I say at the end of every single podcast episode, happy listening and God bless. <laughs>